We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening into another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business as always we do appreciate you listening to each and every show and if you do have 5 10 15 seconds to spare please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app it is much appreciated with all that said thank you once again for tuning in i hope you have a great day now let's get back to the show Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M and Titan Travis on Clubhouse. If you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show about the journey of the best college football players and prospects from being a college football recruit all the way to their journey along the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk about some fantasy football since this is a rotoviz radio podcast but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and nfl analysis too and so last week we held the nfl 2021 rookie mock draft with matt west bay and stefan leco of the rotoviz team here to help build a quick rookie big board through 24 picks for you all but this week with many rookie drafts already underway or even completed at this point we want to dig a bit further and look at some real rookie draft data and what the masses believe to be the appropriate ranks for all these incoming rookies to the nfl 
to get an idea of where players are currently being valued for fantasy football. So you can either A, win your rookie drafts, or B, learn how to take advantage of value gaps and consensus and your own rookie values to help you add all your favorite incoming rookies to your team. And to help me dive into this subject and tackle rookie draft season, I'm joined by John Bosch at John Bosch FF on Twitter and Matt Price at Matt Price FF on Twitter. And I love you guys uh, keeping that nice and neat, same format on the handles for me. That that makes really it easy. Creative. Yeah, super creative guys. I appreciate it. Mine's just about as creative as well. <laughs> but uh, they both uh, help bring the Dynasty Game Night podcast to life, and you know, basically a fun mix of uh, game show and Dynasty fantasy football analysis. Uh, John also hosts the Dynasty Wall Street podcast and some really fun, strange fantasy football leagues that we can <laughs> we can get into. Matt is a Dynasty League football senior writer and podcaster and hosts the Zookeeper Stories podcast because he is an actual real life zookeeper. So uh, how are we doing, gents? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to talk about this rookie rookie poll mock that you do. You know, it's one of my favorite things that you do a uh, couple of times a year. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun to see where the community lies and how it kind of stacks up. It's, it's not really ADP, but it takes a pretty good consensus of at least what the Twitter world is thinking. So it's always fun to watch the results of this. Yeah. Yeah. And John and I are probably, I wouldn't say we're the farthest away from consensus, but you know, <laughs> I would say we are definitely in general, not consensus. So it'll be fun to have a conversation about this. Exactly. I do believe we shared the same one one actually, Matt, <laughs> I'm pretty sure just yeah. based on the auctions I've seen us in, uh, against each other and stuff like that I, in drafts i think we share the same 101 and it does not yeah. match the poll <laughs> yeah and I, it, I i wanted to have you guys on because i know you guys don't always see things through the same lens as the consensus does with these incoming rookies uh, just in general i really respect both your opinions when it comes to fantasy football and and player values and uh, kind of how you look at things and, and really have appreciated just the conversations over the years and uh, the, the goofy games I've, I've joined. I think the last time I was actually on a show with both of you, it was actually probably on a Dynasty game night. <laughs> and, uh, and Matt, it's been a bit uh, since I was on a show with you, but I, I think it was like me, you, and maybe uh, Bobby, Bobby Koch, and we were like talking about, I, I think I we were talking, we were comping some players to uh, zoo animals. And I think I made the comp, uh, I, I called Philip Rivers. He's like a, a crocodile or an alligator. Cause like if he's if you pictured like what an alligator would look like throwing a football, that's Philip Rivers' release, <laughs> and so that's <laughs> that might have been the last. That might have time. been zookeeper stories. That might have that, which yeah. that is now defunct. But yeah, I think that, that might have been super flex. I'm, I'm sorry, geez, yeah. flex. zookeeper stories. Yeah. Super flex is what I meant. <laughs> nah, zookeeper that's what it was. Also doesn't exist anymore. That's what it was. But it's a couple it's, of extinct podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's it's fun to have you guys on the show. And uh, just want to dive into it. So, uh, listeners, we'll get to the rookie poll mock discussion here. If you're not familiar, it is something I do a couple times each year, once typically in January and then once after the NFL draft, just to kind of gauge the consensus values of rookies uh, incoming to a given class. And so I basically set it up as a Twitter format poll mock going down the list. And it's been fun because I've seen the community get better and better each and every single year and actually predicting where these players will be valued, you know, several months in advance. And so it's it's cool to see that that happen. But I'm sure we're going to have some differing values between myself and Matt and John and, and the community as a whole. But just to kick it off to kind of frame where, where we're going in terms of player value discussion uh, today. What who's one rookie, John, who you're finding yourself higher on than most in this rookie class? And I think I already know 
the answer (laughs) here. I I will say I'm not higher than most people based on what I've been seeing because it's been it's been very tough for me to get him. So I think you want me to say Kyle Pitts. I Um, I do. I I mean, he's he is my 101. And I don't think that's honestly, I don't think it's that much higher than the consensus at this point. There are a lot of people that have him 101. I argued with you, Travis, that he should have even been included in this and he wasn't originally when you put up the first poll and I'm like, no. where's the real one one It should be Kyle Pitts. <laughs> uh, but so, I mean, obviously I'm, if anybody's been following me on Twitter all over the last couple of weeks, I have been, geez, probably months, I guess at this point, I've been slowly kind of uh, rolling out this whole like argument for why I think he's the one Oh one. And yeah. I do know that originally people thought I was nuts because you can't take a tight end 101. That's just dumb. And, I mean, I still think you're but nuts, then, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> but then it, then, it, then it started to really like that kind of picked up steam and like other people were saying the same thing. And I'm like, holy crap, like maybe I'm not crazy for this. And then I just started looking for like more and more and more like just how valuable can he end up being. And I mean, I've talked with Matt and I have talked about this at length as well that the sky is the limit for this kid just because of the positional scarcity at tight end. I mean, you can find running back, you can find wide receiver elsewhere. It is really tough to find tight end. And this kid is 20 years old, 20. Like, I mean, it's a big swing to take a tight end one-on-one, like you've said, Travis many times, but Oh my God, if you connect with that pitch, like it's, I, I don't think we're, I think he could reach value heights. Like we have never seen before. He's already the tight end one for, a lot of people. I mean, it's it's tough to trade any other tight end for him right now, one to one. Yeah, I know. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him to be one in an auction so that I can offer George Kittle directly for him, and I already know it's going to get rejected. <laughs> yeah, so, it is insane. Like it's looking cra- at it's, it's crazy at what time you know what Kyle Pitts has become. I mean, just analytically coming in to this you know draft season we knew he was going to be a freak athletically and we already understood that his peak production was incredible at Florida you know rounding out with you know taking up like 30 percent of their offense through the air last year as a tight end it's just really double what you need for uh you know a typical tight end breakout threshold I guess and so you know checking a, bo- a bunch of boxes before he even came came in and then you know coming in with like a 99th percentile speed score 99th percentile freak score all all these fun athletic measurables going on as well uh, and then he gets taken in the NFL draft earlier than any other tight end in NFL history so yes it, it, it is insane just to see this hype train go beyond off the rails like off the rails down a cliff into like the, this chasm and through like to the other side of the world like it's just it's yeah. crazy to see what's been going on I, and, and I know I uh, joked with uh I joked with Bob Gilchrist who does does the dynasty time machine with me when he he yeah. put out a graphic where like he showed uh kyle pitts's value and it like was a straight line upwards <laughs> and i said like is he talented enough is he truly superman where he could actually like reverse time and and that value could like do can it do a loop i mean at some point like does he start going left on a value chart can he can he actually do that can he you break know, obviously that's an exaggeration but i mean like yeah can he can create he a new dimension system <laughs> like yeah it's it is his value has skyrocketed. Yeah, I mean, and not only did he go early to, to Atlanta, Atlanta uses tight ends. They do. Like, they made well, they made Austin Hooper really relevant. Well, did. I think I think one thing that 
I mean, I don't know how many people have been talking about this. I don't think I've heard very many people talking about this. But what if, what if we're just all we're hung up by the by the des- designation as a tight end? And what if he is just actually going to be used as a receiver? You know, there's plenty of targets to go around, especially if Julio takes off. Matt Ryan led the league last season in pass attempts with 626, 608 or more each of the last three seasons. 197 targets went to Hayden Hurst and Russell Gage last year. I know that was with Julio missing seven games, but you know, it, it, even if Julio plays the full season and stays in Atlanta you know you have to you have to imagine there's a hundred plus targets for him there in his rookie season so oh my God, I, I, it's I just targets oh my God, which I, I know doesn't sound like that much when we're talking about receivers but for tight ends that's, that's I think that would rank like that would that's be like ton. third or fourth I think last year I think Henry, or excuse me Kelsey got like 145 and then uh anyway Ingram got like 95 or something like that so it's right up there the upper, upper echelon of tight ends as a rookie so uh, I think that's one of the things that have been overlooked and then the other thing is that we we have we have rookie running backs and wide receivers that come in every single year, almost every single year that are pretty good, you know, good to great almost every single year. We don't get this kind of tight end prospect ever, right? I mean, you can say we go back to to the the year with Evan Ingram and those, but even then we were talking about them at the maximum, you know, at the mid to late first round. We were never getting him up, getting them up into the top three or four picks. So uh, I just think. I, I, maybe it's FOMO, call it whatever you want, but and I'm not saying he's my 101. He is in the top tier with 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 Jamar Chase. You know, the, if you want to make Chase your 101, fine, I don't care. Um, but I just I'm, I'm not willing to miss out if I have the ability to take that. And if I if I miss and because I didn't take a running back or wide receiver, I, I bet you I can probably take a running back or wide receiver next year. Especially we're talking about wide receiver because you can go 40, 50 deep in terms of starters and dynasty at, at that position and feel pretty comfortable with what you're throwing out each week. So that's that's those are the main reasons why I'm in on Pitts as you know the one on one if you want to put him there, but you know at least the 102 or 103. Well, it sounds like you guys have the same answer, and and you guys aren't well, trying to do it. Well, I could go a different any... way. I just wanted to chime in there because I like yeah. talking about Kyle Pitts. <laughs> oh, dude, yes, I love it though because that's that's the guy, that's the man of the hour. That is that is what everyone is talking about and talking about his ceiling. And it will be interesting to see if Julio is either gone or if he is if he's back and he stays healthy. Like, what does that do to his target share? Just because you know, yes, Hayden Hurst is still there. Uh, only for probably another year, but he did have 90 targets at the tight end, tight end position. They're bringing in, and I already got, I already talked about this, uh, but uh, you know the new coach from the Titans, uh, the Titans last year, you know used tight ends more than anyone else in the country, uh, in the, well in, anyone else in the league rather, uh, you know running 12 personnel almost half the time. So I could see them rolling out Hayden Hurst and rolling out Kyle Pitts both on the same uh, field at the same time and utilizing Hayden Hurst as, you know, maybe more of a blocker rather than Kyle Pitts because Kyle Pitts, he, I've seen it best described as he loses slowly, which is <laughs> as a blocker. So uh, I think it would his best role, his best fit would just be just, hey, line him up at X wide receiver, like you said, Matt. Yeah. Line him up at, at big slot and just call it a day. That's what Travis Kelsey does anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think we all like Kyle Pitts. I'm just not in the, you know, 1.01. You just can't do it. I can't get him all the way It just seems there. like all of the analysis is based on that designation a as a tight end. You know, like tight ends don't do it. They don't do it year one. They, they just can't do it. It's going to take three, three years. But what if they get wide receiver targets? What if they're used as an actual wide receiver? So like that barrier is something that 
I don't know. It just seems like people aren't willing to get across when they apply all the analytics or whatever. You know, that's that's the thing. We're, we're talking about the tight end position because it says tight end next to his name. But we see all across the positions, we see variations in what different. We can't say that a wide receiver is a wide receiver. We can't say a running back is a running back because they all do different things in today's NFL. You know, a yeah. slot receiver, you don't compare to a to a, 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 an X receiver. They just do different things. They're different players. So maybe Kyle Pitts is the first tight end that we want to say is Maybe. not necessarily a tight end you know yeah jimmy yeah. graham and and when in his early usage you know something like that you you have, you have to see that like like that kyle pitts is going to be in a jimmy graham situation where he's going to be arguing for wide receiver money at, yeah. from that position right i mean if he hits obviously if he that's doesn't the, hit that's, then the that's not gonna be an argument i was but. trying to remember that did that i couldn't i was just thinking about that matt when he comes to his contract he is going to say, look, hey, they're using me as money. a wide receiver. My I, want that, I want wide receiver money. I yeah. want wide receiver franchise tag, not tight end franchise tag. Yeah. It's not It's not just his ceiling. I mean, his ceiling is he doesn't have one, honestly. He does not have a ceiling from, from a value perspective. But his floor is also <laughs> ridiculous Yeah, because I know look, everybody says you're going to buy him cheaper after his rookie year. No, you're not. <laughs> you're I mean, listen, not. I – I am totally open to this falling to us falling on our face in this. Like that could absolutely yeah. happen. But like I'm, I'm not saying that's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm saying that the risk of missing out to me is a lot higher than it is if I was to take a different player and and miss on them. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. really hard for me to believe that he drops down the tight end ranks between now and next year. I don't see any way that he is not within the top tier of tight ends next year. He's already, I, he's already, yeah. he's, he's, he's I think he is. T- that's what I'm saying. I don't think he can really drop. I think, I think he, he can is. only go. Up. And, and there's probably a, like probably three or four running backs to wide receivers that are worth more than him in fantasy football after next year. I think he's still the tight yeah. end top three tight end. And it doesn't matter from a value perspective because there are probably two or three or four running backs and wide receivers that are worth more than he is in fantasy football formats. That's my that's my thing. That's why I can't in, get over in the, dynasty, the in dynasty though, Travis. There's an argument that he could be more valuable than any of those could running be, backs. Could and wide be. Receivers. It's just never happened <laughs> because in the history you can line of him up ever. in your tight end slot, which is put the we know is the ultimate cheat code. Going back to Marcus Colson, right? We know that that is the the ultimate cheat code. It's if you could, I mean, Travis Kelsey, look how many championship teams yeah. Travis Kelsey. Ends oh man, up he's carried so many There's bad teams. Like so many of like, my, I've had like mediocre teams, but then like they're in the championship game every year because of Travis Kelsey. But the, the assumption is that we are probably all getting ourselves in a little bit of trouble in terms of actual production <laughs> is that like, that's cool to like, just say he's going to be tra- Travis Kelsey for the next six, seven years, but like ugh, still has to actually yeah, happen. We're assuming, yeah, you can, <laughs> so, it's hard to just take that leap yeah know? it's like hey you know that guy who's been the best tight end in nfl history for any yeah. five-year stretch yeah this guy's automatically him and that's just i can't i can't even begin I, to no, I, I don't i, I don't think you. he does that as a rookie like i'm not on board i've seen some of these projections for his rookie stats and it makes me drool um because <laughs> i really want it to happen but like yeah. i can't get on board expecting that yeah. as a rookie i, I think he'll be okay yeah. I think he'll but be he doesn't, okay, but that's all he has to be is okay. If, if he finishes anywhere from in the top twelve tight ends, he's the he's the one hundred one in tight end in terms of tight ends next year. Yeah. Like I, I just don't see how that doesn't happen. Like if he Probably. completely falls on his face, is like a, you know, he's barely startable or gets hurt for the and, and misses most of the year, then that's there's a chance for him to lose value. But otherwise, I I agree with John. I think injury insulates him. I think he has to be on the field and like looking 
like literally like running the wrong patterns and stuff like that. Like he has to be lost because it, it's Gronk finished is like a top 10 tight end. Yeah. It'd be really, yeah. It'd be easy for, it's a low bar to be a tight end one. But but anyway, (laughs) moving on, on (laughs) we can make this just a Kyle Pitts show, but I was talking about somebody else. Do you want me to throw out another one? Yeah, sure. Why not? My, my next one that I would say that I'm, I think I'm higher on than most people is Rondale Moore. I just feel like that is the perfect, like if I'm a Packer fan, so if he couldn't go to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers is also, also came back, like if he couldn't go there, I think Arizona is like the perfect landing spot for this guy, the the horizontal offense. I just can't wait to see, you know, the, the the little quarterback and the little wide receiver out there uh, uh, playing that horizontal passing game. And I think he's going to be a PPR cheat code. I think it's already going to take, he's going to take the slot role from Kirk right away. So, I mean, I feel like he, I would have him up with the, like, you know, around around the dot where people have Devontae Smith in that kind of range. Uh, so, so I, I guess that's yeah, my that is higher on than other people. That way higher it. than consensus. But, you know, I, I I still I love Rondell Moore as well. I'm a little bit lower on him than some of the other road of his guys. They have him around where you have where you said, like near Devontae Smith, but even higher in a couple of instances. Uh, but for me, I think it's just yeah, I, I think even myself as a Purdue alumni, I have to look at his height and uh, look at the the bend that he sits in and the maybe slight injury concerns, I guess, with his weird hyperextension and prolonged issue there and then re-entering yeah. last fall. Like, there's there are some red flags, I guess, if you want to call him that. But, I mean, he basically, he, he could have just set out after his freshman year and just still gotten day two capital. He was just so much better than everyone else in pretty much the entirety of the Big Ten, at the very least, as a true freshman. I mean, he was called the the most versatile player in all of college football. He won the award for that, the Paul Hornung Award, as a true freshman, having 2,200-plus all-purpose yards and the perfect you know, 30-plus percent you know, uh, breakout rate in terms of his dominator rating. His uh, yards per team pass attempt were way above what you typically see from a true freshman as well. Analytically speaking, he was ready to go at age 18. Uh, and now he's in an offense with... Uh, you know, with a great offensive coordinator that's going to use him well. I think I was really worried that he was going to go somewhere and and be stuck in an offense that was not creative and that was not going to use him well enough. And I think this is a system that's going to take advantage of him. Plus, I want to see all the records of like Kyler Murray, five foot nine or five ten, to <laughs> yeah, Rondale exactly. Moore, five foot seven. I cannot wait. Yes, smallest touchdown combination ever in ever. NFL history. <laughs> ever income. Yeah, it's happening. So I love. Love that. So I love that pick, Matt, especially because I'm a homer with uh, my <laughs> Boilermakers. But uh, for me, I, for me, it's actually Elijah Moore, like the other Moore. So just keeping it right there. Um, you know, the only time he didn't absolutely blow it out of the water from a production standpoint was when he was having to sit behind A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Uh, even in his second season, though, he absolutely blew it up as more of a slot functional guy in this weird system where they had this run first quarterback and then they'd bring in Matt Corral for a little while and then they'd go back to John Rice Plumley and then but then Lane Kiffin came in and was like hey this guy's an NFL player we should just shove 10 and a half touches per game his way and he absolutely dominated the SEC last year was the best wide receiver in the SEC last year by several measures and then he comes in and gets top 40 NFL draft capital going to a system where they're trying to put weapons around a young quarterback and he's going to get peppered a lot early and, and all, with all due respect to Corey Davis he's not he's not an alpha wide receiver he just isn't like I, I saw him try to be uh, and fail miserably for four years in, in Tennessee so Elijah Moore that is his team 
uh, by year two, if not halfway through his rookie season. Are you guys high on Elijah Moore as well? Uh, I, I I am, but I just it's a really hard. I, I know it's a different coaching staff. I know it's a different quarterback. I know all that stuff, but it's so hard to like get over that mental barrier that he's playing for the Jets. And also, I'm not a fan <laughs> of of Zach Wilson in general. So I just you you would know better than me on this, Travis. But it just feels like from the little bit I've watched of Zach Wilson that their skill sets don't really mesh that well. He's somebody that wants to take the big shots downfield. I don't think he really sees the field super well. On, on, on like I remember against Houston specifically, uh, there was a play uh, where Wilson threw it into threw it into coverage i think it was a flea flicker actually and uh there was a the, the slot receiver was sitting wide open in the end zone he decided to throw it into coverage instead so i guess it just depends on if they're able to to get wilson under control and how that affects him to me like it seems like he if he wants to just go deep with the ball it, it seems like he messes a little bit more with denzel mims the people seem he seemed down on denzel mims too because of this uh of drafting elijah moore so i love the player i just I, it's hard for me to get excited about the fit i guess yeah it does feel weird getting excited about a jets wide receiver and i don't want to hate on them because i've you know i've critiqued the even the that that idea (laughs) of a landing spot uh just off on for a while but uh, elijah moore did kind of show that he could win as an outside wide receiver and a a deep threat more so last year in 2019 though yeah if, if he was if he was in, in just a slot role or just an underneath role or just a, a role that, that typically wasn't peppered by Zach Wilson, I, I would be a little bit more worried. But I, I was I was not worried about Elijah Moore's landing spot as much because of his proven versatility in his final season. Sure. But, uh, yeah, the landing spot, it just does feel weird, uh, just projecting huge success in a situation that has kind of killed, killed recent opportunities. But I, I am still, and, and that's partly, I, th- I think we've seen that in how the consensus and market views Elijah Moore. Uh, he is lower than his, uh, his capital and his production profile should probably dictate. Uh, and so I, I'm going to end up with a lot of Elijah Moore this year, and I already have. So I'm excited <laughs> to see what happens there. But on the flip side, before we dive into the rookie mock results and where you guys differ along the lines there, What's somebody you're you're basically going to come away with zero of in your rookie drafts this year? We'll start with you, Matt, this time. Uh, there's there's probably two. One of them is the one you mentioned, so I'll save him for 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 you to for you to talk about. Sure. Uh, I will I will say before you get to him that I do have some. I do have some FOMO with him, like because I missed out on AJ Brown for for this for a similar reason, I think. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my guy is Kadarius Tony, and I'm coming around a little bit. Uh, I've been talking to Paul Pertikizi over Saturday to Sunday, and you know he's convinced me a little bit that you know don't don't get so concerned with the fact that the wide receiver. Uh, depth chart is kind of a cluster. They have a whole bunch of wide receiver twos and Kenny, Kenny Galladay, right? And don't get too frustrated with the with the Jason Garrett as the play with the, with, the, with as the play caller because he probably is going to be gone in a year. And go, entering twenty twenty two, maybe Tony is is the legit wide receiver two there. It's him and Galladay, and, and we're ready to go, right? But just from again from from watching him, he just seems like a player who, who plays out of control. Like he moves too fast for his body. You know, you see all the slips, you see the drops, you see the, the lack of production. Uh, uh, but then, you know, Paul was saying stuff, but there's reasons why he didn't have the production. And so I feel like I've been way too low on him in general, but I still don't think I'm going to have any, any of him. Cause I'm just I, right now I'm so much more lower on him and I shouldn't be based on draft capital, but that's just kind of the way I feel. And I, I have a little bit of take lock, I guess with Tony. No, I can't get there myself either. Although I did just draft him yesterday in a league because it's a stupid deep league where we let, we drafted a hundred rounds of college players last year. And uh, somehow Tony was not drafted. 
And and so like I had like the 1.04 in our in our rookie draft, which is like just empty at this point, uh, as you can imagine, yeah. uh, drafting 100 rounds of college players. Uh, right. But I, I drafted him because like guys that went ahead of him were two linebackers because uh, it's, it's IDP because I'm a super nerd like Zayvon Collins and Jamin Davis um, and then Dwayne Eskridge. And then the best player available was Kadarius Tony after that. And then like quickly, quickly dropped off to like day three running backs. <laughs> and, like, I take him over, over Eskridge for sure. Oh, and I was surprised. I was like, huh, I'm going to have to take Tony here just off of draft capital. And I feel disgusting, yeah. even though, yes, there's some context. He was a converted quarterback as an as athlete designation as a recruit. And then came in and was this utility player. Where do we even plug him in? And it took him till like basically last year to finally garner any significant receiving yard market share because they just didn't know where to even put him. Uh, but kind of finally blew up and, you know, took 22% of the receiving yards and, and when he was in the games. But that's still not even a great analytical profile in his peak year. So it is. It goes against everything I believe in <laughs> to draft Kadarius Tony, but even I drafted one. John, are you uh, for or against Tony? Or are you just like, hey, he got the capital? I don't care. Uh, I am a. I do love draft capital. I I believe that the NFL teams are telling us important things when they spend draft capital and when they spend money. They got to ride with Henry Ruggs, right? They, they definitely got to ride. <laughs> Drafting Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver. So you didn't let me finish. I still am not on board with Tony. I mean, like, I'll eventually take him. Yeah. Because, like, eventually it makes sense to take him. But, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to end up with a really small amount of Canarius, Tony, because other people always seem to take him a little bit before me, which is fine. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going out of my way to get him. Yeah. Uh, the guy that I'm going to end up with probably, probably none of, it, I play mostly super flex. It's Zach Wilson. <laughs> and we already mentioned it. And, and yeah. Travis, you said you did not want to pile on. I will pile on. They, they are the Jets. I you know, Look, they're a new coaching staff. Yes, yes, yes. I know. They were a new coaching staff a couple of years ago. They were a new coaching staff a couple of years before that. Like, it, to me, it's not just a coaching staff thing. It's a straight up organization is bad. They didn't change the organization yet. So I'm not going to trust any Jet player until they prove me wrong. <laughs> When was the last Jet that you saw get drafted and had any fantasy relevance? I mean, like, it's been a very long time since they've had fantasy relevant anything. Like, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Like, Jameson Crowder, come on. Come on. Yeah, Jameson Crowder actually, was, you know. Was, well, something. Was, well, something, he, something. was he a Jet draft pick? Okay, no, he I wasn't. Guess. He wasn't. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, he wasn't a draft pick. That's what nope. I'm saying. Did he come from uh, Washington or something like that? Yeah. So... Like they don't, they don't know what they're doing as an organization. So I know they can keep changing the people that are coaching these players and the people that are bringing in these players. But until the Jets, <laughs> until there's a Jet player that proves that okay, they've turned it around. I'm I'm definitely gonna end up with no Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. I also have Elijah Moore. <laughs> Unfortunately, sorry Travis, uh, but um, I, I do have a little bit of him already just because. Like, just like Tony, like, well, okay, this makes sense. I'm going to take Elijah Moore before I take Tony and I'm sitting here and they're both on the board, but uh, Zach Wilson, I will make sure that I don't, I'm just not going to invest. That's, that's kind of somebody will trade up for Zach Wilson and super flex. I will gladly trade out. And yeah. You know, or I'll just take, or I'll just take Jamar chase or whatever running back, you know, like I don't need to take Zach Wilson either. I'm going to get one of the oh, yeah. top yeah. three quarterbacks or it's fine. I don't need to take Wilson. I'll take a, the top prospect at another position. Yeah, I mean, and like Zach those... Wilson's my 109 and super flex. Like he's the last player that has 
some sort of value. And I'm still not even taking him at 109. Like if all the other quarterbacks, running backs and wide receivers that I want are gone and tight end are gone, then I'm trying. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed to find anybody that'll trade up give me a give me a first next year and i'll give you zach wilson feel free yeah and for those that don't don't play in in weird leagues like me or even Superflex, like it, it feels weird to talk about a quarterback even in the same breath of these guys but i guess at this point as i'm realizing more and more people are playing Superflex. but uh zach wilson even in one quarterback leagues i'm finding myself not really coming away with him because i want somebody else that has uh, greater upside uh, way later in the draft. And he just is the guy that keeps dropping. And we can loop back to him a little bit once we get to his point in the rookie um, you know, consensus mock. But we'll do that on the other side. But first, a word from our sponsors. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. And we're back. So just we're going to dive right into it because we've been talking about players we're going to want to have a bunch of players we're not going to have very much of. But we're going to dive into the 2021 rookie poll mock Twitter results and see what you guys and what many people thought the consensus should be on these rookie rankings. Uh, just to recap, we actually had uh, just shy of 12,000 votes that went into this poll, uh, this series of polls that got down through the first two rounds or 24 picks of uh, rookies. And I do have some uh, you know, votes on a few other players outside of that as well that didn't quite make the cut. But let's start off at the very top. And I, I've used this tier break uh, percentage every single year. But basically, for the Twitter polls 
if any one player won a poll by more than 20%. That's typically where we've seen the tier breaks happen. Except this year, there were some pretty crazy hard tier breaks, more than I have ever seen. It just seems like there's this odd general consensus across the board. I mean, not everyone agrees, and there are some John Boshes, and there are some Matt Prices that... that think a little bit differently, but it seems there's there's a lot of agreement, especially within the first eight picks or so this year, uh, and especially when it comes to Najee Harris and Jamar Chase at 1.01 and 1.02, the first and second overall rookies in one quarterback formats. It seems like there's almost a virtual tie right there between Najee Harris and Jamar Chase, which is interesting to me because I think Jamar Chase is a step above, clear step above Najee Harris, even with the landing spot, because Harris comes into the worst offensive line situation, perhaps in the entire league. Yes, he's going to get all the volume, and so that's the opportunity. And most of this game that we play in fantasy football is opportunity, but still long term, especially for dynasty uh, fantasy football leagues, still feels like Chase is the best bet long term. So are you guys on the same page there? Like, Do you have Najee Harris even close, or is he uh, a tear down for you? He's not even my running back one in the class, so he belongs. You you could you could shift Pitts up once in these results into the top tier and move Harris down to where ETN is and move ETN up to to one of one hundred three if you wanted to think about it that way, because like you said, you know, I, I think the play with Harris is if if you want to draft Harris, it, it, it has to be because you think he's going to get enough volume in year one that his value is going to rise and then you can flip him for year two because after after twenty twenty one, you know, what are we looking at? Maybe the offensive line gets a little bit better, but the quarterback's probably going to be worse. Uh, so (laughs) while ETN has to deal with James Robinson potentially for one year, I'm not buying into anything that Urban Meyer says about them drafting ETN as a third round, excuse me, a third down back at the end of the first round. Right. Uh, so maybe he has to deal with a little bit of James Robinson year one, but long-term you have to like that situation far better than Najee Harris. So unless you're looking to flip, I think ETN is the pick over Harris at running back. Yeah, it is interesting because like Najee Harris won. I mean, the options that we actually settled on for the official poll because John maybe do it. <laughs> he actually <laughs> changed the top four who were up for voting after some some conversations and some uh, redoing of some polls within. We, we basically landed on the top four, uh, likely being Najee Harris, by consensus anyway, Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, and Travis Etienne. Harris took 42% of the vote. And there were 818 votes on this particular poll, by the way. Jamar Chase took down 39%. So only a difference of 3% there. And then all the way down at 16% was Kyle Pitts. And Travis Etienne, you're running back one, Matt, only pulled 3% of the vote. It was just interesting to see uh, how sure the consensus seems to be that Najee Harris and Jamar Chase are this step like far away and above. And what was even crazier is that on the 1.02, the second poll, Jamar Chase won 74% of the vote. Second place was still Kyle Pitts at 16%. Travis Etienne at 8 Devontae Smith at 2%. It was it was insane that it was just not even close. And, uh, I mean, I, we all get hyped up about the, the wide receiver one in any class. But Jamar Chase, he just feels like more so than ever. I feel like in, in several other classes, there's at least a conversation to be had about who's the wide receiver one. But it just feels like... This year, almost everyone is just like, hey, yeah, it's Chase. Let's check mark, move on, and that's the end of discussion. John, did you feel like that coming into the process, or did you even think about anyone else being wide receiver one? 
No, I mean, Chase is Chase isn't just the wide receiver one. Like, he's the wide receiver one by – we're going to – and you'll talk about it here as we come up, but it's a lot of tears. I mean, yeah, so it is many. a lot of tears. And, and even, like, for me, you know, even though I do have Pitts as my 101, Chase is in that same tier with Pitts. Like, Chase is my 102, and then it goes to running backs, and then we'll see another receiver. And, like, I – I the, the – there's a tier – the top four are – better than number five <laughs> yeah and then number five is like i want that fifth spot in a draft way more than i want the sixth spot in a draft yeah. I, yeah. I don't i don't want to be sitting at 106 i want 104 and higher if i really can't get there then i want 105 and god if i can't get there then i guess i have to settle for 106 and 107 yeah but once we get through this i mean like the the tears really did work out i'm with matt that uh, I, I have moved ETN to my running back one. I, I originally came out of the draft thinking, you know, they're pretty even like Harris and ETN. I kind of just want to split my exposure to them. If I take ETN in one draft, take, take Harris in the next one. Uh, but as I did drafts and auctions, I found myself wanting to bid more <laughs> on ETN a whole yeah. lot more. And Matt nailed it. It's because it's not just for this year. I do think Harris will have the better year one. But if I'm investing my rookie draft stock, I want ETN. Um, so he he moved he moved through process of auctioning and drafting. I, ETN became my back one. Yeah, so. like when you're on the clock, when it's up to when the, when you got to put the chips down on the table, yep. you got to invest your rookie draft dollars in your auction formats, whatever league you kind of play in. You're like, oh wow, I guess I don't think like this. <laughs> yeah, it, yep. makes, it makes a difference when you really yeah. have to start doing it. And yeah. I love that process because it, it makes you it makes you think. I mean, and you can try and do mocks as much as we want. And we love the exercises of the mocks. It doesn't match no. <laughs> the real thing no. when you're assigning, oh, God, I don't want to screw this one up. I think I'm going to take Travis Etienne because like you just I don't know. For me, I just I feel like that's the right pick over over Harris right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm not as worried about James Robinson either. I, you know, I think James Robinson will be no. fine. Sounds I, like we're we're know, all on the same page whatever. there. I, I I completely agree. It's like Carlos Hyde. Are we really? What year is it? Like what? Why would we ever <laughs> be worried about Carlos Hyde eating into his Tim work? Tim Tebow blocking for Carlos Hyde. Yeah, Tim Tebow <laughs> in like an H back oh, role. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, seriously, tier two was just Kyle Pitts by himself in this rookie poll mock. And when it came to the third slot, he took down 56% of the vote. Travis Etienne barely, I mean, he was like 29%. So he lost again by a mark of 27% uh, victory margin there for Kyle Pitts. So again, kind of in a tier in his own uh, this year. And I think this was really just kind of an apprehension, really like I have for the people like me that voted on this poll or would vote on this poll and say, look, I just can't put a tight end in, in the same tier as like the 1.01. It's like there's just there's just clearly a bunch of people like that. But even the people like me are like, OK, though, <laughs> let's let's put Kyle Pitts up there at least close enough. And I think that's where a lot of people settled in, settled in with him. We've already kind of talked about him a lot, but I just found it interesting that there were so many individual tiers up here. Like that's never the case. We, we have like maybe one running back one and then like three or four players all together. But like, it was just back to back to back tier break, tier break, hard tier break again, uh, up to Travis Etienne at the four slot. He was, he took home 50% of the vote with Javante Williams, Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle all being on that poll. He took half the vote in the second place guy was Javante Williams and lost. He lost by 27% of the vote. So Travis Etienne, again, creates this third tier 
only four players in. So we've got Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, top tier. Then Kyle Pitts in his own tier. Then Travis Etienne in his own tier. And then I want to talk about this guy for a second because you mentioned it, John. You want this fifth slot in one quarterback leagues because value-wise, Javante Williams is again in his own tier. And now maybe it's because... You know, the wide receiver, nobody like there's a lot of debate as to who the wide receiver two is. This is like where the real conversation begins for wide receiver two. And then a bunch of other people are like, I just like running backs. I'm going to go get the running back three. Maybe that's what it was. But Javante Williams won 61 percent of the vote for the fifth slot in this rookie poll mock draft. And, you know, the second place person was Devonte Smith and he had 23 percent of the vote. So he won by 30 eight percent of the vote i know it's a lot of numbers but it was not even close tier four javante williams so kicking over to you first matt on javante where are you at with him like would you even rank him above Najee harris i don't think i would just because because the opportunity is not probably going to be the same i definitely see gordon as more of a threat year one than anyone for the steelers you know so i think that's the main (laughs) reason but you know melvin gordon he was he was serviceable last year but he's not exciting if melvin gordon has an injury early in the early in the season you can absolutely see javante williams just take that job and and run with it and in that case you know i i I have talked to many people that have him uh, as their running back one i've seen him go running back one in, in several drafts too so uh, for me, he's in this. He's for me personally, he's in the same tier with those next two receivers we're going to get to. Like once you get to that five, six, seven range, I think you take your favorite flavor there. If you want the running back because of the positional premium, go that way. And if you want one of those next wide receivers, you can go that way. But for me, it's a little bit different with the top five. For me, I want one of the, a pick in the top four, or I want a bunch of shots in the late first. So yeah. John Ate Williams, I guess, could have been my answer to that question of, of, of players that I probably won't come away with just because I want to be in the top four or trade out of that. Um, but I, I certainly understand the 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 desire to put him in, in the, as a next spot and like a kind of a chasm like you mentioned between him and the next two guys yeah and i'm a little biased because i i had two very deep debbie uh, fantasy football league shares of him that i got in like round 50 plus last year in one spot and so it was like just yep cha-ching free money just sign me up all the way and so like he was my running back three early in the process and then i started seeing people rank him like running back one and running back two is like whoa Whoa, what, what, what are we doing? Back the Javante truck up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Seriously, though, it just it just felt like it was going a little too far. John, though, what what for you once you like, makes you want to get into pick five? Like, is there just just a clear drop? Do you just not care about the next tier of wide receivers as much? I as much as so we talked about the drop from Chase to the next wide receiver. This is the reason that Javante is the lock at 105 for me because the the drop from him to the next running back yes is exactly. so big like if you don't get Javante Williams um like, you're, okay you're taking a shot I'm done <laughs> you're you're taking a shot in that late first and you're really hoping you don't get Keyshawn Vaughn um yeah, basically. I mean if if you really need a running back you kind of have to do it but Good God, I don't want to have to do it. So that's why he's like the clear 105. It's it's just simply as much as I, I like Devontae Smith and I like where Jalen Water landed too. Um, and I like Rondell Moore right after that for the wide receivers. But like all those guys, they kind of all kind of group together for me. I'm okay with getting any one of those. When you're looking at a running back, the only one I want left on the board really that I'm going to invest the 105 capital in is Javante Williams. So, yeah. I mean, that's why he's the clear 105 for me. It's just the difference 
Yeah. And it's bigger than the difference than Jamar Chase to the wide receiver, too. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. There's a, there's just this massive, uh, massive chasm. And it, and it seems like uh, that was the pretty much consensus months ago that that was the case, even with the late surge of hype that Trey Sermon and even Ramondre Stevenson got with their insane finishes to their collegiate careers. It just seemed like there was this clear, hard break there. And so, yes, that is the fourth tier through five players. And then you have Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle in a tier of their own. Devontae Smith, sixth. Jalen Waddle, seventh. I found it interesting that it wasn't actually remotely close between the two. There was actually Devontae Smith actually took down the sixth slot much easier than I thought he would, winning by 16% over his buddy Jalen Waddle. When, you know, Waddle was selected earlier in the draft, a lot of real draft NFL people like the burst of Waddle. Had Waddle been healthy last fall, there's no way Devontae Smith wins all those awards and does all those things. Uh, but, like, I. I what do you guys think about those two? Because analytically speaking, Devontae Smith is the superior guy because he just has a larger sample. He's been the best wide receiver on Alabama for three years, basically, uh, just production-wise. You can't even really argue it. Uh, and Jalen Waddle, we don't have a big sample, but the upside is electric. So where are you two on those two? For I, me, it's go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. For me, it's flip a coin. I mean, honestly, I do have Devontae Smith ranked above Waddle. That I would take Devontae Smith over Waddle every single time, but I don't really care if I have, to, if I miss on Devonte Smith and Waddle sitting there for me, uh, it's, it's not that big. There's not, a, there's not this tear break for me. Uh, there wasn't a, I'm surprised that Devonte Smith won the poll so convincingly over Jalen Waddle, because I think they're really close. I, I think they're both going to be very similar point producers yeah. for Even fantasy like football. I, I kind of like both situations, but neither situation is like, Oh, that's perfect. Um, so like nothing really sets sets them apart from each other. So I, I you know, I coin flip for me. I don't really have a, a strong opinion on either of them over the other. Sure. Matt, would you put either or like in their own tier away from each other? No, I, I would keep them in the same tier, but I do have Waddle above. I just I don't know. I I, I don't I, I know we saw a relatively high volume passing from Jalen Hurts last season but I don't think that's his strength. I don't think that's what they want him to do. He got put into a situation, you know, after Wentz had basically imploded, right? And they had a really bad defense and he was kind of forced to throw that many times. And I'm not saying he's going to be a Jamar, a Lamar Jackson level passer in terms of the volume that he's going to get. But I have to think that they don't really want him to be, to, to, to throw the ball 35, 40 times a game. I, I just don't think that's the offense that they necessarily want to see out of that particular quarterback. So, and, you know, I still think Jalen Rager is pretty good. Uh, Devontae Smith is absolutely what the wide receiver one there, I'm sure, especially based on where they took him this year. But, I don't, I don't, I, I just, I don't feel good about that passing offense in general. Whereas Tua, you know, I, I know he probably showed even less than Hertz did in, in his limited time, but I feel better about that organization and the direction of, of where he's going. It seems like they want to, they, they want to build on top of speed, bringing in a Will Fuller, Devontae Parker at this time is basically a replacement level receiver on the outside, right? So Preston Williams is 
hopefully comes back, but every time he, he thinks he wants to break out, he he just goes and dies, right? So yeah. uh, I just I, I prefer the situation to Waddle, which I didn't think I was going to prefer heading in because Waddle, out of those top, those big five receivers in the pre-draft process, he was down at four or five for me pretty easily, but he's risen up to number two. But no, I, I think they are in the same tier. They present similar risks. Uh, you know, second, both have second-year quarterbacks, both have, you know, a, a, a little bit of a question in the depth chart, probably less so for Devontae Smith, I guess. Uh, but you know, and, and overall, I think they both present similar question, similar excuse me, similar question marks. So in that case, I might as well take the superior athlete. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny through these seven guys in my real rookie drafts and my real auctions, everywhere I've seen these seven go before anyone else every yeah. time. It's Najee Harris, it's Jamar Chase, it's Kyle Pitts, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Not necessarily in that order. Not necessarily exactly like that but it's those seven hard stop and then anybody else you know you see some reaches and some disagreements here but I still am actually seeing this next guy Rashad Bateman at the eight slot here he creates another tier of his own winning his poll uh, by 36 percent taking the eight slot here nobody even getting close to him somehow uh, because he is a first round wide receiver he had the stellar production profile he looked like he was he tested at more athletic than many people I think thought he would uh, he came in a little bit skinnier maybe but still like I, he looked great and then all of a sudden oh great he's with the Ravens awesome mm-hmm. fantastic and uh and there, that's why he kind of lives in this no man's land by himself because we all want to like Rashad Bateman and then I'm, I'm still like finding myself with none of him at this point in any of my leagues because somebody else reaches on the upside of the production profile and forgets that the Ravens just passed for like 400 times last year. <laughs> so, uh, and if you look at, uh, you know, Greg Roman and his history of passing attempts, it's like he's never, his, his offenses have never hit 500 attempts in a season. Never. So like, even if he's like, oh yeah, we've got really, we've got all these weapons now. Cool. Let's add, you know, like another uh, 15% to our passing game. It still doesn't sniff. 50 I just doesn't sniff 500 pass attempts for the Ravens so I just I can't I'm probably gonna end up with zero overshot and I hate it like do you guys find yourself ranking him lower than the eight slot in your own kind of ranks or process yeah I it's really tough between him and Elijah Moore and Rondale Moore for me because in the pre-draft process Bateman was definitely the two for me uh but you said it with the landing spot, and I mentioned it earlier. The I, I do I, I'm not going to have a lot of them. I'm just not because somebody I'm going to take Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore over, and probably almost every single time. Uh, and there's always going to be somebody else that will will grab Bateman. But I mentioned AJ Brown before, and I know it's a different different situation, a, a different offense, but you know, similar a, a team that really wants to run the ball. And I I missed out on a lot of AJ Brown because he was really high. I, I can't I think he was two in my pre-draft ranks, and then once he hit that landing spot, I moved him down to like the end of the first round, like I think many people did, and I missed out pretty much altogether on AJ Brown. So that's a little bit of the FOMO that I have with Bateman. But it's, it's just so hard to get over because, like you said, Roman doesn't take that next step with his password. He's really good at getting these Russian quarterbacks to a spot where they're going to be productive. But he doesn't add that second, that next layer, you know. And yeah. some people are saying, well, they can take a, a, a Josh Allen type bump, you know, like he can the, the volume can come way up this year. I just it's so hard to bet on, you know. So even if he is the best of the best, even if he has like. I think the second half of the season or maybe the last five or six games, whatever it was, Marquise Brown had like a 30% market share there, target share. And which is off the charts, by the way, it's, it's a lot. And 
but still, we didn't see. I know he's a different kind of player, but even with that amount, uh, even with that that amount of, of target share, like we still didn't see, you know, astronomical numbers from Marquise Brown. And I think Bateman is going to provide even average numbers. Bit. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And and for 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 years now, two years now, I've wanted the Ravens to add kind of this like veteran receiver that's going to be reliable for Lamar Jackson, but that's going to be there. It's not just this, you know, this deep ball specialist or whatever you want to call it. Um, and Bateman is kind of that guy. He's got that old man kind of veteran wide receiver game, right? So you can see the pieces working together, but it's just you can't fight volume, and that's that's what we know about fantasy footballs. You can't that's fight the, the low volume passing. That's a problem. Well, moving on, we got we finally actually get a tier of like four players together. After Rashad, there's there's a little bit muddy, like no, there's there not not everybody agrees. Elijah Moore shows up here in the nine slot, way higher than I thought he would. And then we get Trevor Trevor Lawrence, quarterback in round one of one quarterback leagues. That never happens, but he feels like an automatic slam dunk. So I I know people want to go for the guy that looks like you know the next coming of the perfect quarterback prospect that we've been waiting on for two decades. You know he, he's he is incredible, and he, I think he's going to live up to that billing, but it, it is a little bit much to take him 10th. And then you get your boy Rondell Moore, Matt, there for you. And then Terrace Marshall shows up here as well to round out round one. Any surprises of this bunch for you, John? Yeah. I mean, I, and I, we talked about this when you did it. That I, Like, I'm not shocked that people took Trevor Lawrence here, but, oh, my God, it's a quarterback. Like, if you're going to take a quarterback, just trade the pick. If you can literally like do whatever you can, maybe you can't you're forced. I'm not taking a quarterback in this tier. And I know I sound like the person that bashes the people that say, I'm not taking a tight end one-on-one. Uh, I'm not taking a quarterback in round one of a single quarterback league. There's just, it, 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 you lose so much in, advantage. And, you know, even if you look back, well, what if you've taken Patrick Mahomes is, is the one ten? Sure. Okay, fine. You you find like this extreme outlier. Maybe Trevor Lawrence is that, but I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to give me an advantage over 20 other quarterbacks that I could start on a yeah. given week. Like That's true. Just, and one quarterback. I, but it, like it's funny though cuz like in Superflex 2QB it's it's you know 1.01 obviously. It's oh, just Yeah, it's, he's it's, the clear 101. <laughs> yeah. It's just a different game, but it is it is odd seeing a first round quarterback even at the end of round 1. <laughs> Uh, for sure, but for you, I, I think Matt, it speaks to what we have coming up, and that's the reason that he's that's the reason that he's in there. Because once we get the end of this tier, isn't all that appealing, and then no. we go even further down, and it's uh, yeah, and landing spot. You're, you're, take, you're taking Trevor Lawrence because like, well, at least he's going to play for probably yeah. a lot of years, and exactly. I'm going to have him on my roster. Like, yeah, it's not that's, a, if and that's what people you think do. You're not, you think you're not wasting a pick. I'm pretty sure it's still a wasted pick. I'd rather take the risk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts, Matt. I, I think the only surprising player based on our conversations here for you might be Terrace Marshall in this tier. Uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on him? Cause I mean, I like the fact that he's with his college offensive coordinator. I like his touchdown percentage. It was bonkers, but is he in this tier for you? I, I think he's, I think he's, if he's not in this tier, he's in the next one for sure. I mean, I, I would, I would prefer both of the wide receivers here and, I'm a little bit different on the quarterback. I, I'm totally fine taking 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 Lawrence. I'm totally fine taking, honestly, I'm t- totally fine taking any of the the, t- the top three quarterbacks above, I guess, the Rondale Moore. I mean, after the Rondale Moore level, because th- there's just so many question marks with these guys. But for Terrace Mar- Marshall specifically, I mean, I don't know. I mean, can he take Robbie Anderson's job year one? Is Sam Darnold going to work out? I like the player. Not the situation seems good, but. 
I don't know. There's still question. There's, there's more question marks with him than either of the other two receivers in this in this tier, in my opinion. That's why I'd be okay taking the quarterbacks. And then for the quarterbacks, you know, Lawrence is the 101 in the superflex. He's the safest if you want to go that way. And the reason why I say that uh, that I don't mind taking him here is because in a one quarterback league, there's so few difference makers at the position. And let's say you're a championship team that just won the title last year. You've got to the finals, whatever, and you're rolling with an old quarterback, right? Why not take the luxury pick here of a quarterback that is going to that there's no questions about, right? Like, why yeah. not just go ahead and lock down that position? Stay, stay overstating that it's going to be under team for 10 years. That's a complete overstatement. Obviously, we all trade players. But, uh, you know, why not take the last piece if you're rolling out Ben Roethlisberger in a one-quarterback league? Might as well just go ahead and, and, and sew that up. So Yeah, and that makes sense. Because we, you won it with Ben Roethlisberger. Your team's got to be stacked. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. might as well stack everything. Yeah, but oh, just stack all everything. I, mean, I, get exactly. that. I get that argument, but yeah. I – yeah, it's mean, tough. I don't know. It's just this class, too, because <laughs> the landing is, spots. If you look at it the is. next, like we normally have more running backs to get excited about. Just just a year ago, we had way more running backs to get excited about. But in this next tier, after this, kicking off round two, it's Trey Sermon, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Michael Carter. Basically, the only two other running backs that have a truly stomachable uh, projected role in year one. And then the two other quarterbacks that you just mentioned. And Matt, I mean, I, I'm I'm fine t- taking it here. I think I I have both Justin Fields and Trey Lance around this spot in my one quarterback rankings, which feels super weird, but it's also super gross after this point. And like, there's there's a bunch of disagreement as to the ceiling and immediate role uh, or capital questions or something with a bunch of these guys. And you mentioned already, John, like Trey Sermon is like the last guy you'd want to consider maybe. And then maybe you make a Devonte Freeman argument for Michael Carter and that he's going to come in and maybe he has these size, size concerns, but he actually tested similarly to Freeman or whatever. And then he comes in and he's automatically the most talented back in an offense that wants to, you know, build a, a whole different team. You know, I, I get that. And so I, I get ranking the two running backs here together, as well as the next two quarterbacks. This was the tier that actually ended up, in retrospect, making the most sense to me. But yeah. would you, is there anybody that you guys would add to this tier that's not at this point between Trey Sermon, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Michael Carter? No, it's no. a real clear tier. And this is this tier is the reason for the argument to take Trevor Lawrence. Because sure, yeah. if you're not going to take Trevor Lawrence, yeah. you're, you got to push him down. And who are you going to push up? Uh, then you're taking Trey Sermon or you're taking Michael Carter as a first round running back. And I mean, that's we weird. learned that lesson last year. Like when it's a reach, it's a reach. It, it, they both feel like a reach in the early second. They feel like an even bigger reach in the late first. I don't mind taking that gamble because I'd rather hit on a running back so, in a one quarterback league. But I know, I know going into it, like I'm, that I'm betting low. I'm betting Sounds low like odds. Matt almost got you. <laughs> Matt almost convinced you. No. It's close. I mean, it's, I understand. I understand both sides of it. I'm still going to, I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to try and hit that. I'm going to try and hit that low odds running back in yes. the late first. Yeah, man. Uh, I do, but that's I so do bad. think that the only reason the two running backs are, are here is because they are running because backs. Because they're running backs. That's it. Basically. Yeah. Because, because yeah. I would, I mean, I would argue that they have just as many question marks as, I mean, we talked about Tony already, but, you know, Amonse Rossi Brown is in the next tier is, is in a great situation. De'Ami Brown I like as a player. And Amari Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers coming back, you know, you can make an argument that all three of those guys are better picks than those two running backs. Carter is the most interesting, I think. But, you know, Matt Waldman, it was trade sermon was his running back one pre-draft. So, I mean, he knows he knows more about football in, in, in three sentences than I'll know in my entire life. So who am I to, to judge that? But that we know how Shanahan likes to use those running backs. Right. So, 
and he's yeah. not the only one they brought in. They, uh, they also was it Elijah, yep. Elijah Mitchell. Elijah they, Mitchell. Also, yeah. they also brought in. They signed Wayne Gallman. We have this whole the stupid mess. rotation again. You have to think Mostert, who ran, who had the two fastest plays in the entire NFL last year. You have to think he's going to be involved. So. It's just, you know, when are you going to start him? Like, when are, when <laughs> are you know. going to start Trace Herman unless he just completely eclipses all of the other ones and Shanahan decides I'm not going to rotate backs? Like, that, that, that just seems like a, a bet that I'm not personally willing to make. Yeah, and that's, that's what's I weird. I know it's a bad bet. I'm going into it knowing it's a bad <laughs> bet. <laughs> yep. I'll take it. So, yeah, it's sticking so to his bad. guns. I, I mean, you did nail it. They're there because they're running backs. Yeah. There's no other running backs on this list. Like nope. we, we get through the rest of the draft with no other running backs. Nope. And that's the reason that you have to take these guys because if you don't take them, somebody else is going to, and then you have, you just have zero shot. Like and it has to do, I mean, the, the rent, you're, you're betting on zero. Then. Landing <laughs> spots are just, they were gross for a lot of these guys, but on to the, the ninth tier here, believe it or not, uh, picks uh, 2.05 through the 2.09. Kadarius Tony, Amon Ross St. Brown, Zach Wilson makes his debut, and Diami Brown and Amari Rogers. Five players round out this tier. Again, kind of a, 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 a less dramatic tier break after Amari Rogers. He only won his poll by 21%, but still did take 45% of the vote in the uh, pick 21 overall there. Uh, for Amari Rogers, but like you mentioned, Matt, Amari Rogers, like I, I didn't like him pre-draft. He never really peaked until his final season. Uh, although he was playing against some pretty tough competition, uh, but gets the capital is in a situation where he could be catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. That that gets him into this tier for me. Diami Brown, I think he could be the wide receiver too, not Curtis Samuel uh, for the Washington Football Team. I really love his deep game and. Uh, I mean, I've talked about it before, but he was basically the best deep threat in all of college football for two yeah. seasons in a row. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown has to compete with a, basically a bunch of practice squad wide receivers. And <laughs> and uh, Kadarius Tony's just there because he's got first round capital. So again, kind of a self-explanatory uh, tier here. But would you put anybody else in this this tier of five uh, if, if you had to? I don't, I, I don't think so. I don't I, think so. I, I wouldn't either. I mean, I you could make. I would kick the quarterback out, obviously, and just then these four are a pretty good wide receiver tier. John hates quarterbacks. Cool. I'll just. Uh, I, just I would. <laughs> I would agree with that just because it's Wilson. So. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, moving on, we're just going to wrap it up here. Nico Collins is a two ten. Uh, Pat Frymuth is two eleven. Dwayne Eskridge is kind of uh, the beginning of the everyone else tier at, at uh, pick twenty four overall, the two point one two. Uh, you know, guys, I think after really Amari Rogers, I really see, see things start to divert, like diverge incredibly. Like, I mean, you, you see guys reaching to make Chuba Hubbard the, hand, you know, the handcuff or whatever you want to call it, whatever the right verbiage now is uh, to back up Christian McCaffrey. You see guys reaching for the, the fifth quarterback in Mac Jones. You see guys still believing in the pre-draft. Uh, status of Tylen Wallace and even the other re- running backs that we liked before the draft and Kenneth Gainwell and, and Ramondre Stevenson and in situations where something's going to have to break for them to have any shot at any real role early on. Uh, and then, you know, guys taking shots on their favorite speedster, whether it's Tutu Atwell or Anthony Schwartz. Like I've seen guys go like pick 25 all the way to like pick 45 once we get beyond uh, this Omari Rogers tier. Like, have you seen the same in some of your drafts? The, the Tylen Wallace thing, it needs to stop. I mean, we just talked about how volume was going to be an issue for Rashad Bateman. It's not going to be an issue for Tylen Wallace. I mean, <laughs> is is he... 
I know they're different players, but you, I, I would see him in a similar role to Devin Duvernay, who was already there and has one year on him, who I liked probably, you know, just as much, if not as much as Tylen Wallace, and he's already established. So I, I, that, that's the one that, that's the, the real head scratcher for me. And then, yeah, Chuba Hubbard, like Chuba Hubbard is a surefire way to get Christian McCaffrey back up to 99% usage, <laughs> right? <laughs> Out of the backfield. So uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. After 209, just if you can get anything for your pick, take a third next year. If you have to <laughs> take, take, take two thirds, whatever it is, take, take a, 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 a take a backup one a quarterback in a one quarterback league, but probably I'm going to get out uh, if I have any picks after two of them. Yeah. And I've so not weird. seen a lot of trading out of the seconds out of this year. Actually, if you no. guys like in drafts, like good luck, before, yeah. I think every, I think everybody's like, all right, this draft's over. Let's just make our yeah. picks and be yeah. done. Check out later. <laughs> you know, I still I, I found myself targeting Tommy Trimble, which is funny because he's got a trash sure. receiving pro, profile, but he got the capital. Uh, probably has a role. Uh, could find his way into early snaps. I, I found him, and he's going well after pick thirty in all of my drafts. Tutu Atwell, a guy who has a 90th percentile adjusted production index. Again, weight questions, yes, but he got the capital. I'm seeing him like pick forty plus. Like And so guys just reaching for their favorite sixth-round running back or their favorite undrafted free agent wide receiver <laughs> over guys who legit got day two capital, and it happens every single year, and it is bad process. I, who, I mean, I, I get it. Like, J- Javion Hawkins is in a fun situation. He's an undrafted free agent, had, like, the highest breakaway run percentage in college football last year, but he weighs, like, 17 pounds. Uh, like, where are you guys at with him? Like, where are you, where are you seeing him go? In, in your rookie drafts, because I know he's like in the best undrafted free agent spot. So I, I think Ryan tweeted out, uh, he was like fourth round ADP most recently or something. And Ryan McDowell tweeted out like, who in this fourth round are you taking a bunch? And I looked at the list and I'm like, oh my God, I think I actually have, I think I've been ending up with JV and Hawkins. Like, yeah. because I'm in the fourth round and I'm looking at the options and I'm like, well, Not he's great. a running back on the Falcons. Like, yeah. You know, you know that, that spot that, that we wanted all of our favorite running backs to yeah. land in? Like, he's there. Like, yeah. That feel that feels like it's better than anything else that's left here. So, I, yeah. I've i been – I think he's the one that – I mean, in the fourth round, I've been throwing – it's a fourth-round pick. Like, I don't expect anything from it. If he plays one game where I can get, like, a third round next year from it, I will cash out. So, uh, yeah, I think it's JV and Hawkins in that round, actually. I think he nailed it. That's I think fair. JV Hawkins, or, uh, you know, this is obviously. Oh, a, a you're going to go Homer deeper. pick, aren't you? What? Oh, I thought you were going to go Green Bay Homer pick. Oh, no, but adjacent, I guess. Like Khalil Herbert, you know, I think oh, okay. he does have kind of a lead back profile and he's a, he's a hedge against, I think he's just a hedge against Montgomery and, and Cohen, you know, because, you know, Montgomery had that, that incredible second half of the season, right? But I don't know. He's still kind of whatever so uh and then cohen I, I really like and i think he's being underdrafted quite a bit this this offseason people kind of just forgot about him that he's a he's a great option out of the backfield uh as a receiver but khalil herbert i liked him i liked him pre-draft so I'm, I'm willing to take him in the fourth round but i think hawkins probably has the clearest path to to any kind of production for sure nice. i thought matt was gonna say kylan, kylan hill i do I've, like kylan hill too but like i've thrown him on ball. rosters too like He's even more ball. And before we get a uh, stop with Atlanta, I mean, I'm still I'm still holding the the, the pennant up for for um, oh my gosh, my my mind just went break. Uh, Mike Davis, Davis. Pit, the one out of Pitt. Uh, it starts with an O. Oh, you mean oh, Cadre Allison? 
Yes, Quadri Olison. I'm still holding the flag for Quadri Olison for to take over over my favorite. Oh. Come on. Oh man. I took him in the 28th round of the startup last. All of our listeners are like, "Who? Who is that guy?" Quadri Olison. Yeah. One. All right. Well, you heard it first here, folks. If uh, Olison's a running back one, <laughs> we all owe Matt a beer or something. I don't know. But anyway, I appreciate you guys coming on. This has been a, a, a lot of fun talking through these rookie values. And hopefully, listeners, you guys enjoyed this conversation talking about the tier breaks and where these rookies should go in drafts, where they have been going in our rookie drafts. And it was super helpful to you guys. We will get back into some college football content here very soon since this is the College to Canton podcast. But this has been a bunch of fun. I still can't believe it's, you know, the NFL draft's already done for the year. It's just kind of weird. But anything else you guys want to plug before we sign off here? It's, it's almost eliminator season, Travis. Yes, it is. Explain that, because I, I mean, I know what you're talking about, but I'm sure a lot of the listeners aren't, aren't as plugged into our nerdy Twitter sphere as uh, as we are. Uh, so for anybody that doesn't know, I run the Fantasy Cares Eliminators, which this year we're just going to do straight donations to play in leagues against people like Travis, against people like Matt. Uh, it's basically 17 people will be in the league, so a celebrity heavily air quoted, uh, you know, like Travis will be a celebrity of a league and you can come on and you can play against Travis. And each week, one team get the lowest scoring team gets eliminated. Just a, it's a simple best ball draft. I should, I shouldn't say simple because I kind of mess with the scoring and the positions and everything to make it, uh, interesting. We'll call it. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's fun. I mean, it raises a bunch of money for fantasy cares, which then goes to Scott Fish's toys for tots drive and uh, some to a local food bank called Go Pantry as well. So awesome. uh, that's Love the it. only thing I really have to promote. Love it, man. Cares Eliminators coming up. Love it. What about you, Matt? I, I don't have anything to plug. You know, listen to Dynasty Game Night without John and I. We pretty much lost uh, reins on that show. It's been taken over by Russet and Rocky Petrea yeah. at this point. And, so. and, they're, do, and they're doing awesome. Let's they are. They they're are doing, doing a great awesome. job. But you guys, you guys, you know, you, you got it rolling. So it, it's a great idea. Lots of fun. It's a it community is, show. It's it is fun. Yeah, I'm absolutely. glad they've kept it going. Yeah. Well, listeners, please leave a rate and review wherever you listen. I believe a question there. You can reach out to me again at FF underscore Travis M on Twitter. If you'd like, tell me I'm wrong on all my rookie takes. That would be great. But until next time, I look forward to you guys joining me soon for many more episodes of the College to Canton podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.